There is nothing more blood-curdling than a mother's cry and scream when their child is in danger. I look up, and I see that the nurse behind the ER desk is crying. At that moment, Betty Jane decides to sacrifice herself to the gods in replacement of her daughter. She decides to do a Tosh.0 trust fall, with no one behind her to catch her, to seal the deal. Luckily, I am within five feet of her when she decides to do this, and somehow I avert her crashing backwards, head first to the floor. I lift her up, catching her just inches from the floor. Her body is limp, and she is repeating the words, I'm okay. I'm okay. I know that she is playing possum with me, hoping that I would leave her alone so she could attempt the trust fall again without me being there. I am wise to her strategy, and I hold her in my arms. She sinks through my arms and withers to the floor. Get the white curtains, a doctor commands. Get the white curtains and close the ER. Move everyone out of the ER now. Did he just say, close the ER? The nurse at the ER desk, who has to be a mother also, is overwhelmed with a sense of powerlessness as she has the same look on her face that Patrick Swayze had in Ghost, right before the spirits arise. I immediately sense it. Oh, no, no, I yell. I force Betty Jane to sit in a chair to avert another attempt to sacrifice herself. It has been two minutes since the red alert. A Jamaican priest walks over to me and says, I would like to administer last rites to your daughter before she dies in a few minutes. Without it, she will not be able to get into heaven. I look him square in the eyes and say, If you don't get out of here, I am going to kill you, and you will be the one needing last rites. He continues, and continues, and continues. He puts his hand on my shoulder and starts saying, Forgive him, Lord. He knows not what he is doing. I reply, I know exactly what I am doing, and I am giving you a five-second head start. He moves away. I look up, and I see my mother and mother-in-law walk into the ER. There is terror on their faces. I now have three people to console— the priest now attempts to convince my mother, who was a Eucharistic minister, to allow him to administer last rites. She tells him to get away from her before she punches him. He moves on. It has been three minutes now. Come on. Come on. This can't be happening. Four minutes. Five minutes. Six minutes. It's over, I thought. Wait. I see movement from inside the room. I can hear them talking. Please don't say it. Just don't say it. Just don't say time of death. The doctor is coming out. I brace myself for what I feel has to be the inevitable speech. I am sorry. We tried everything that we could. Dr. Clarence walks out. Me and my wife have nicknamed him that because he looks like the angel from It's a Wonderful Life, and he says, We went 
well beyond what we should have done. She is an eighteen-year-old girl. We tried everything we could to save her. No. But then he said, we had to put her into a medically induced coma. It is the best that we could do. A medically induced coma? I'll take it. Ten seconds ago, I thought Jess was dead. Does she have at least a one percent chance, doctor? Yes, she has a one percent chance. How long will she be like this, doctor? I don't know, he replied. For a while.